You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. How you doing this week? Hey, hey, we're back in season. David Hall. Yo, yo. Yo. And Donnie Spiker. Happy Daytona week, fellas. Let's get it. And uh, back finally, Tony Groves. Hey, what's up, gentlemen? Well, on the show today, it's Daytona week, and we'll bring you all the action from the Coke race that kicked off the week. We'll see how Team Tifosi fared in the first week of the NIS series. We'll look at the week's best and worst in iRacing and ask, what can AI bring to sim racing? Yeah, and you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show live. And check out all the topics that we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes option. So let's see you there. coverage we have a few little quick hits with involving uh coke drivers and the first one is a question that uh for mike actually does conti impress the podfather yeah actually when i saw this tweet from mike conti i was impressed to say the least um he must have heard our show i know mike's been on the show a couple times as a special guest way back in the day but uh, he's listening, and obviously he's uh, got the message from me that, hey, sim racing is better when you use real sound. And uh, he showed us a video on his Twitter before the race, basically blasting his computer speakers or whatever speakers he has, uh, the engine sound through there. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I thought it was pretty impressive. That was good. It was good sounding. Uh, I will be honest. I got to see and feel your rig, and... Uh, I would say yours is quite quite louder, potentially. <laughs> That's true with that big old sub. Well, you're not going to really know how loud it is through a recording. You're just never going to have yeah. the, the visceral experience of feeling the sound. And you're right. It's probably through a phone, most likely, the recording. So we'll give him credit. Yeah, he's he's got well, the idea right. I do like the door hanger that he has. He's got a door hanger on the knob of his uh, door that says on air, you know, like, like you would see in like a, a studio or something when uh, something's in progress. Uh, it's like a do not disturb, disturb sign. We're sim racing in progress. So if you stop the video at the nine second mark where you can see the rig, oh, I'm just a little disappointed here. I mean, the, the screens are so far away from the steering position the steering wheel i was like wow there's a keyboard in between the back of the steering base and the actual center monitor i'm just like hmm i don't know if i would do it that way yes before i built this rig i actually had my keyboard mounted on top of my wheel in front of my screen so it kind of brought back slight memories there with that one um, but you're right it's actually above and behind the wheel so it's a little further out and then but you know what 
uh, to each their own. Everybody seems to drive on whatever. Clearly, he's super fast, so it might not bother him, obviously, too much. But it does, uh, when you're used to something and you see something that you think is unusual, yeah, it is kind of a little off-putting. But you know what? He's, uh, he's fast. He can do whatever he wants. A little uh, convenience tip: If you do put your keyboard on top of the wheel, uh, you can get you know the little two-way Velcro, so that if you want to pop it in your lap for any reason when you're not, uh, since I'm in VR, that's where mine is. Since I don't have to worry about FO- the FOV police, but um, it's pretty convenient. Usually, most of the time, I just lean forward and type up on top because I don't type that much. Uh, but you can throw it on there. Also, on the podium wheel it's actually got a little metal plate that detaches so when i attached it i thought i would be pulling it off with a velcro but instead i just lift it up with that plate it just comes up pretty easily and sits right back in place now and looks could be deceiving if he's sitting in the rig maybe the seat goes forward maybe he has a steering wheel right against his chest and in that scenario it's probably an okay view but kind of where the seat is there he's like sitting in the back seat kind of look (laughs) Well, whatever it is, it kind of works for him. He's uh, He is in the Coke series. And I can't tell what kind of speakers uh, he's playing. It doesn't really show them, but uh, you can hear them in the video growling, which is cool. And, you know, I'll take back what I said earlier. Last time I watched this video is through a laptop, and I'm actually using my headphone speakers, and it does sound really nice. You know, yeah, you get the reflection off the walls. Him. Yeah, He's probably recording on his phone, so the recording might not be top-notch as well. So I bet you it is pretty impressive in person uh, as far as sound quality and, and sound levels. Yeah, but any recording, if you're listening to it through headphones, you're not feeling a subwoofer move, vibrate through your body. That's the thing. I'm getting a lot of uh, frequency um, harmonics and stuff going at certain RPMs with the sound with these speakers just screaming um, you get these, these harmonic things going where they, they're like the sweet spot of the speaker and, or that RPM, I guess, I don't know how to say it, but um, I can feel how fast I'm going just by the sound. <laughs> it's cool. I like it. Definitely a project for when the kids move out. Yes. All right. And another quick hit, we have the um, driven series and this time it features Matt Busa. It's uh, his passion for sim racing and motorsports has taken him from the virtual world to the real track. And through his success in iRacing, the NASCAR driver has now earned opportunities driving in the uh, Skip Barber iRacing series. Yeah. And um, I love these driven uh, videos that they do where they showcase the, the drivers and, and really get to know these guys a little bit better. You know, it, I, I think I forget until I watch this, Matt Boos is a veteran. I mean, he's been here a long time, if not the whole time. Uh, and, and he, you know, you know, and he's getting it done in the Coke series every single year. But uh, a lot of this video talks about his um, involvement with the Skip Barber Formula iRacing series, which he got to go, uh, you know, to an actual Skip Barber track and and run at Lime Rock, and uh, he talks about that experience and pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised you don't see more bigger names doing that um, Skip Barber series where you get to win the the full ride at the end of the year. I mean, I know there's there's really good racers on there, and I'm not detracting them, but but you would think you would see some more of the names that you recognize from Porsche, you, you know the. Porsche Cup, or or even the Coke Series, some of the really good drivers there who who are good on the road. Um, and then he shows his wheel briefly. It looks like a Logitech, uh, maybe a 
G920 or something. Pretty cool. All right, let's talk Coke racing. It was Daytona Tuesday night. What happened, Brian? So uh, it was off to a, a, a pretty tough start on the very first lap. Uh, Donovan Strauss and Michael Guest get into it. They crash in the turn one of the race. And and uh, I know when I was watching this, I was thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, what did you hear, Michael, on the broadcast? Well, boy, and you, you imagine what they're saying over the, the radio to each other. But, uh, man, what a way to start the season. You know, I mean, you're not even into turn one and you're in the back half of the field and you're 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 got damage, you're wrecked. And boy, what a tough start for these guys. We got a restart on lap four with uh, Bobby uh, Zelensky up front with uh, Duvall uh, leading the field into the first turn. And by lap six, we had a new leader. Colin Keister was uh, drove to the front. Um, it's Daytona, as you know, so there's going to be a lot of lead changes. And uh, Bobby Zelensky uh, uh, got the lead back up with a with a big push from a newcomer to the series, uh, Michael Cozy Jr. And the bottom line, line was just uh, was just a little faster. They couldn't get the top one. So with uh, 15 laps complete in um uh, we had uh ryan Lusa. he goes lap on after after um after that wreck on the first lap you know the the field was starting to really catch catch the catch those guys it was about a six second difference between the the pack and the cars that were involved in the wreck that fell off the pace so single things kind of did settle down with bobby Zelinski still leading as they get up to lap 20. they were pretty much you know side by side two rows you know, 20 deep uh, there for a long time. Uh, but like you said, it eventually settled. Um, tough break for some of those guys that got wrecked, though, that going laps down. So we get to, uh, yeah, things did seem to settle down after that first first uh, turn crash. Um, so at uh, lap 30, we get another lead change. This time it's Michael Cozy Jr. again with another rookie, Tucker Minter. And they flew around Zelensky uh, and just and just uh, took the lead right from him. Um, we finally get to the half halfway, and uh, that's when the green stop pit stop started. Um, real major issues on the on the stops. Uh, and then we get to 39 to go with uh, my, uh, Michael Cozy Jr. pitting from the lead. Uh, with 36 to go. Tucker Minter cycles to the lead after the cycles to the lead after the uh, set of green flag pit stops. And then uh, there's really two separate packs. There's a top four with eight cars, and then uh, there's a second pack. Second pack. That's uh, that's uh, like six and, and another third pack. So the field kind of really broke up a little bit. And you you mentioned it. The the rookies are really dominating. Uh, the discussion during this race. I mean, Cozy Jr. up front, Tucker Minter leading laps after pit stops. The other thing that became apparent is, man, these races are so short now. One stop race. I mean, they're just going to halfway and stopping and then it's over. I mean, um, they're going by quick. I don't know if I like these shorter racers. So we get back. So we're back to green here with uh, Alan Bose now in the lead. Um, and there was a couple instances like this where cars got um, cars got turned out of the uh, back uh, out of the um, out of the trioval, got sideways and, and some crazy saves. Then they regathered it back together. But the problem was that uh, it really kind of split the field up again. Nine cars had pulled away from the lead pack, and uh, that was really really close. 
Yeah. And so, yeah. So you, one thing that happened right there was there was a caution uh, before that restart where there was just a, a, a deal of pushing the pusher. Uh, and I almost had that problem in my race where a guy was pushing me while I was pushing. I bailed out of that because I knew what would happen. Uh, but anyway, like you said, there was an incident that split them into two packs. Uh, boy, that second pack, they were definitely going to need a yellow if something uh, to, to catch up when we were at 10 to go. Yeah, and they did get that yellow, and it came from that second pack. When when I was watching, I was thinking, somebody from that second pack is going to cause a caution, whether it's on purpose or they're just being super aggressive, just because it was the only way they're going to catch back up to that lead and have any chance of, of win here so um so with uh six laps to go uh alan bose uh is still leading uh and and it's, it's cat and cat and mouse now who's going to make the move to try to get it um with four to go there's still that nine car breakaway and there's another big caution with uh with uh hayden honeycutt uh dylan fall and a bunch more got involved and that means overtime yeah like you said it was just a uh like a bomb waiting to go off. There's like, there's no way they're not going to wreck. I mean, it's go time. Uh, these races are short. It's time to, the points are on the line. It's go. So we had our first overtime restart with Alan Bowes and Casey Kerwin was then taking the lead in the turn one. Um, there was a, a big push on the outside with, uh, with uh, Michael Cozy Jr., who looked like he was going to make a, a, a serious play for this win. But uh, there was another caution that came out right before the white flag where it would have went to the finish. So they're going to re-rack him again after that and, uh, and try one more time on overtime. Yeah, you know, no surprise Casey Kerwin up front are, are returning champion. He just won the clash, and uh, here he is. Boy, he's definitely going to be a player this year, it seems like. Yeah, sure is. Um, so the, we have another restart, and uh, Kerwin, Casey Kerwin, takes the lead. Uh, he's running in the front with uh, with the two laps to go. They do get the the uh, white flag, so this one's going to go official at this point with Kerwin in front and uh, Minter uh, right behind him. Uh, the others were pretty lined up with uh, Michael Cozy pushing the outside line, trying to make something work, uh, and then they finally get into turn three. Turn four comes around. Um, it's it's all out dash for the finish. Kurt, Kurt, uh, Casey Kerwin in the lead, and uh, Minter comes up behind him and kind of spins Kerwin out and and pulls ahead for the win. So uh, congratulations! The checker flag goes to Tucker Minter. Um, his first race in the Coke Series, and it's a win at Daytona. How how about that for a start of a season and start of a Coke career? Well, it's hard to call this one. I mean, did Minter dump Kerwin or did Kerwin have an ill-advised block that got him destroyed? You know, and it's, it might be a little bit of both. It was, in my opinion, I think, you know, he was going to pull, he was going to pull out from second place and try to get by him. And he did get underneath him just a touch. And Casey tried to come down and, and he wasn't clear quite of, of him to block. 
and that's where the where the accident happened. I I, I didn't hear anything from Casey Kerwin uh, uh, in regards to that, and I don't think it's something he should be upset about because he, he tried to block him. He just wasn't clear at the time that he went underneath him, and I, I think it was just one of those things where you do whatever you can to try to win this thing to stay out in front, but you're just a sitting duck, and and you do everything you can, and sometimes it works out for you, and in this case, it didn't. Yeah, I had it as a block, um, and I think Kerwin actually came on later and congratulated Minter, and there was no ill will with it at all. It is what it is. I mean, it's a product of the of the package, and you know, if Kerwin doesn't do anything, he gets beat anyway. So maybe he tries that block, and maybe he gets lucky. But where do you, Mike? Where do you put Kerwin on the list of um, the best i racers, or not i racers, but sim racers in general right now? Where does he stack up in your mind? Well, you got to put him in the top 10, probably at least, Um, you know, with with his performances recently with the championship, you know, and so forth. So he's been getting it done uh, for sure. Because he's winning road events as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in the he's in that Porsche All-Star series. And he just he was when he's in the front, um, he's just he just checks out. He's really good. Now, it's not it's not the Tag Heuer Super Cup Championship with the top top level guys. I don't think I don't know if he even tried to qualify for that. I don't think he's quite at that level on the road. So you might want to hold him hold back a few um, points for him for that. You know, when you do did have guys like uh, Mitchell DeYoung who were top level in both Porsche right. series and and the Cup series, but still a very solid driver, no doubt. So they have Kerwin racing with the YouTube people. That almost seems unfair. <laughs> yeah. And how about well, Tucker? I mean, Tony Kanan's in that series, so he's not like a slouch. <laughs> and, and they have a couple regular Porsche drivers too in the All Star, I think, as well yeah. to kind of keep them on. Them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And some really good streamers, Dave Cam, um, those guys, uh, Broadbent. He's really good too. So Tucker Minter wins his first Coke race ever. And, uh, you know, really neat to see his uh, enthusiasm for the win and pumping the fist and that kind of thing at the checker. Um, he certainly didn't feel bad about the way it played out with Kerwin. Uh, not at all. Not at all. And, and Casey certainly mentioned didn't it. take it bad either. Um, to your point, Donnie, I think that Casey was a sitting duck. I mean, if, if he didn't block, I mean, he was going to get passed anyway. But if he did block, there was a chance he might win. And so that, I think that's what he took. He took that chance. Yeah, yeah and he might have thought he was clear. He, he might have thought he had room to block. Um, but you just, you just got to do something because you're just going to get run by. And if somebody follows him on, underneath, then you're really falling back. And, you know, honorable mention to Michael Cozy Jr. I mean, wow, he, he I think he led the most laps and he, he was the guy to beat for a lot of it. Um, he wasn't there at, at, at the at the white in the mix, but um, great run for him. Mike, what'd you think of the caution yeah, with a uh, hundred yards to go? <laughs> well, so. w- was that like Tyler on the, you know, with the itchy, you know, finger on the, on the button for the, the caution or was that a, uh, this when it came out, you know, naturally, I don't know. We do have a good replay of uh, the the last run here from the second pack view. Uh, pretty crazy from Michael Conti. He went from twenty fifth to twelfth, twenty fifth to twelfth on the green white checker. 
but it gives you a, a perspective of what it's like uh, in these final laps. All right, kicking off the regular topics, our highlights of the week video from my racing put out on uh, February 9th is out. It looks like it had, was it eight or yeah, eight different highlights all the way from formula cars at road America to the TCR cars at Red Bull ring. Did you get to give this one a look, Donnie? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, obviously they're coming out with these videos weekly now, so it's always great to see, but um, something I haven't tried on the service yet are the TCR cars and, and they looked awesome at Laguna Seca and the Red Bull ring. I couldn't figure out where they were on video or uh, number two. Were you guys able to determine that one? They were GT cars. Track? I don't know. I'll have to look. Yeah, it's good stuff. Lots of close finishes. Oh, that's Road Atlanta, right? Yeah, I don't own Road Atlanta, so I was curious about that one. Yeah, Road Atlanta. Is that Petit Le Mans? Is that Road Atlanta? That's correct, yeah. And uh, I got to run that track quite a bit recently with the um, F Pro 2000 series. Was there one week, and uh, I, I really kind of like that track. I think I finally found the line, so to speak. I've never driven a front-wheel drive car on the service, so the TCR cars are, you know, I always think about them, but they always look fun, and usually when you're buzzing around them in a GT4, uh, they just look slower, obviously, but um, I want to try to give them a shot one day. I think what catches my eye on the video is that is the Pro 4 trucks at Crandon. These guys, you know, two, three, three wide, you know, going into the finish line um you want to be on the inside the outside and 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 that kind of thing now the other thing i want to say about this this particular clip is if you start at the beginning of it uh check out the name of who it is it's jeffrey marble friend of the podcast who runs the fast track uh sim racing league who by the way just kicked off their season they run uh cup car and truck and so if you're interested check out jeff marble um, but he did some pretty good racing here and won it. Pretty cool. All right. Continuing the video releases, we have a not top 10 as well. And uh, I haven't made it all the way through this one, but uh, there's a couple of funny ones, particularly proof that you can fall asleep <laughs> when driving in iRacing. The ninth one, the guy, the guy actually falls asleep while at a super speedway in a truck and right into the inside wall he goes. Yeah, Dave, I had to watch that I, I one a couple comment. times. Yeah, I want to comment on that one because it looks like he's using his mouth to blow into uh, something to to drive. Like he might be a, a disabled driver or something, and he and he he drives by blowing through tubes. Is is that what you think it looked like too? Yeah, yeah, it did to me also. But he also looked so. Not only that's why I had to watch it a few times because not only that, Brian. Then he falls asleep on top of that, I think, and that's what made it funny. <laughs> well, I, I was kind of worried that he didn't pass out because it looked like he was blowing for a long time, maybe lost his breath or something, and and just kind of nodded off for a second. Well, He's think about that. You're at Bristol, and you get to. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, right. At Bristol, you're taking a breath, you know, in and out, in and out. But at Daytona, guess what? You're you're on the gas 100 percent of the time. It was it was Talladega, wasn't it? It was Talladega. He was at. It's even longer. You're holding, you're pushing uh, the <laughs> he's, throttle. He's not blowing. He's he's steering. Left, if right. You, if you look at yeah, okay, yeah. If you get a closer look, I I had it, the video very small, so I couldn't really see his his face very well. But that's what he's doing. Is he's he's actually steering left and right. He may actually have throttle control with up and down as well. I'm not sure because I don't think he has use of his arms. 
Yeah, I think I think he's a paraplegic. Um, so I don't think he has arms or legs, which is amazing that this guy can get on iRacing and and race with everybody with with, with a handicap like that. It's awesome. It's I awesome. So cool. I had no idea, and I was trying to stare at it. Blew up the the image on my computer, and man, it just gives you hope. We've seen people with uh, the loss of the limbs be able to do it, but um, but yeah, even if. I don't know. Sometimes I think of doing something and I'm like, ah, oh, what if I hurt myself and I can't race? And then you got this guy. That's incredible. Yeah. It gives you hope. Like if something goes horribly wrong, you could still race. <laughs> right. Probably wouldn't near, be nearly as good as this guy though, but you still try it. <laughs> there were some other good ones. Um, there was a really rough start at uh, one of the bat Bathurst races and you know that track is so narrow and there's so many blind spots when you're going over bumps you know there's just happened to be a wreck at a certain spot where the road was really narrow and drivers coming up the hill could not see what was in front of them in time and it just turned into just a, a demolition derby you know cars were just stacked on top of each other like like crazy but that was actually nothing compared to the uh, the Bathurst start up at the top of the hill where they all piled up that was something but i mean it totally blocked the track well looks like noah gregson was in a gt car at road america because the track got really blocked on that one towards the end right around the 436 mark yeah the one oh. at the end was amazing how there were tons of cars in that race and they just kept piling in and piling in piling in it was crazy it's pretty funny what's the max 63 that you can render yep that's like yeah, it was definitely more than 30 or 40 yeah that's that's got to be on purpose you know the way it looks but the other one uh, i liked was there was oval racing at monza and the guy hit the fence like at you know 240 he plied right into the edge of the fence and it, the car stopped abruptly and yeah that was something did you see the one where the guy was wall riding the entire the entire half of the track yes and that, that was, a, that was a modified. Yeah, that's not that wall riding. Modified. <laughs> it's not watermelon no, man style. It, it's uh, it's not Ross Chastain style. He was actually sideways. He was, yeah, he was ninety rolled ninety degrees. It's rip your oil pan off style. We don't get a lot of the not top tens. It seems like anymore. Um, we get the highlights every week, but I would like for them to keep pumping these out. Find them. Somebody send them in. Get these out there because they're a lot of fun to watch and go through. Which one do you like more, the highlights or the not top 10 highlights? Not top 10, let's be honest. See, me too. I like those yeah, better too. Me too. They're, they're funnier, yeah. they're more unique, and eventually the highlights just kind of become uh, stale in a way because it's well, they all look the, the same, same kind right? of thing. Yeah. It's either a three wide or a last second pass, right? Those kind of usually what you're looking for is a three wide a lot either that or just a lot of really tight side by side racing between between two uh, road racers. Well, so honestly, the, the not top 10 is a lot more relatable because we're going to see a lot more of that in our own experiences <laughs> than we are the last, you oh, know, yeah. last minute passes and stuff. Yeah, you're dead right on that, Tony. I wonder yeah. if I should. The not top 10s look a lot more familiar. <laughs> I should have submitted the one I had from last night. Yeah, heck yeah. And any staffers listening, please, more, no, more not top 10s. They need that content, Senator. Well, speaking of staffers, they are giving actually everybody else the opportunity to help make a decision. Um, first of all, you can win a pair of o Bose earboards if you participate, but iRacing wants you to let them know where the Porsche e uh, eSports uh, is 
I'm sorry, the, I can't remember what the abbreviation is. The PESC, uh, it can uh, goes to for their third round. Your options are Imola, Laguna Seca, and Laguna Beach. And I guess they're going to do a drawing of some sort for Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. Earbuds. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's the Porsche Esports Super Cup series. And um, you get to pick which track you want the week three to be at. The, the options were Imola, Laguna Seca, and Long Beach. And all you have to do is go to their Twitter page and put in your vote, and you're automatically entered to uh, win, win a pair of earbuds. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I only have a pair of Raycons, which I like. But Dave, you're the sound guy. Mike, you too. Is Bose still the top of the game when it comes to commercial sound? Well, I've not followed it recently, so I, I'm not I sure. I would say no on headphones. I like Sony headphones better, even on the Bluetooth side. Um, I, I use Sony for my Bluetooth headphones as well as the ones I'm wearing here that are wired. Um, Bose came up with a really good technique for using a, turning a small box into a subwoofer, essentially, and a tweeter at the same time. Uh, that was really what, where they dominated for a long time. Uh, but I never found them dominant on the headphone side. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember. You know, when I was dual, dual cube series and all. All right, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, when I was younger, you'd walk into the Bose uh, outlets and you walk into their theater rooms and you're always blown away by their theater stuff. But I never knew them into the headphone space. So I was always, always curious. Well, they're priced like one of the best, at least. So. <laughs> Well, one of the reasons I use the Sony's other than the they have a, a flat frequency response. So, you know, I guess you can get some headphones where the bass is boosted or maybe even the trebles boosted. Mike, you know what I'm talking about as far as the different frequencies. If you're doing sound engineering, you want the flattest frequency response you can get for for editing purposes and i don't just do the podcast i do stuff for a lot of high school bands in the area too and um i just get the best results by having that clean flat response from all the way from low to high so i don't have bass boost or anything like that going on sony sony probably correct me if i'm wrong dave but sony probably has a wider range of and high-end models where Bose is pretty much Everything is, is is pretty hot, top notch, right? Uh, th- that I couldn't tell you. I just I just know that what I get with the Sony's is 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 that even from from twenty hertz to twenty thousand hertz, that even response all the way up and down. All right. Speaking of vibrations, this next one's is the vibrations of the really not so nice kind. Uh, we actually had a live streamer in Turkey that was streaming as the earthquake hit. And I still haven't heard if anybody has heard from him. Have you guys heard any updates on this? Uh, I'm not sure. Do we even know who he is? Well, you can see the name and the relative, but it's too hard to read. It's so small, but no, I don't, I can't really read what the name is. Um, But in the comments uh, on the um, video, which I can't seem to find right now, I'd seen him before. They were saying that nobody's heard from this guy since the stream. And so what happens is he's like this racing along. Uh, he notices the earthquake, obviously. He he doesn't even park the car. He just kind of lets it hit the wall. And he jumps up. He throws his headset off. And he vacates the area. But you can see the camera is still going in the corners of the earthquake shaking the sim rig around 
the monitors swaying left to right and that kind of stuff. So very scary. Um, we sure hope he's okay. Yeah, hopefully it's just the infrastructure thing where he can't get online or something and, and nothing worse than that. So we wish wish these guys all the best of luck and, 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 and pray for uh, pray for everyone to be okay. It's a real serious situation. Obviously, the guy could be hurt or dead. And, it, it you know, sometimes we joke around like, man, I'm not going to get up from this, this wheel unless this house is on fire, you know, <laughs> or somebody's banging on the door. I'm, I'm not going to let it interrupt my race. Um, I mean, what would you let interrupt your race? Uh, I guess this is certainly one of those things. You know, I appreciated the fact that he didn't even seem to hesitate. He said something was wrong and got up and got the heck out of there, which is nice because I, you know, I don't know if that's the case for everybody, but you kind of hope everybody has that mentality. But uh, just by looking at it, he understood what was going on and got the heck out of there. The other thing, Donnie, that's encouraging that he may have escaped with his life is the video goes on several seconds after he gets up and vacates, okay? So those several seconds was probably enough for him to get to the outside and get out of the building, I hope. Because, you know, as you've seen from some of the video in Turkey, uh, a lot of buildings went down. And this this guy uh, must be a bit of a night out because my understanding was this hit like 1 o'clock in the morning. So uh, he, he must be a late night streamer. Best wishes. All right, not directly iRacing related, but we are keeping an eye on this. We have a tweet asking you about the community's first impressions of the ESLR race one. Now that we've had time to digest it, this comes from Luke Crane, who is at Actual Vision. So I watched this over the weekend, just trying to keep up with what happened to see if it'll be a, a dumpster fire like anything Motorsports Games touches. Um, this is a different uh, outfit, but it wasn't. Uh, it was no dumpster fire. Um, they ran on a uh, LAN, you know, uh, with people all in the same room. The drivers are all in the same room. Pretty neat looking stage. All have identical rigs and equipment, it looked like. Um, the sim was called Rinsport, our first look at it. Um, it seemed pretty, it looked like iRacing, you know, it looked like GT3 cars on a road course. Um, you know, nothing special. I, I don't think anything stood out like graphically, like, wow, that looks hot or that looks better or worse or anything like that. Um, the racing was actually really good though. I was entertained by the product put on the track. Um, the production was good. Uh, the announcers were great. Um, it was a, it was a great production. I mean, they, they brought in people that, from the sim industry, uh, well-known YouTuber gamer muscle was like the, the roving pit reporter kind of guy. And, and they had some other well-known announcers that, that uh, announce all these uh, other uh, sim races in Europe. Um, well-known voices that you've heard before. Do we hear from anyone like after the fact of, you know, how it was uh, from like, you know, their point of view and, you know, not necessarily doing, trying to do like, uh, you know, like a puff piece on it, but some like, actual, not necessarily dirt or anything like that, but a realistic kind of review of their experience. I haven't well, read anything and I don't know if they would really go into anything like that quite yet. Maybe they're under some kind of NDA for the beginning, but um, I haven't really heard anything about it, to be honest. Considering There's they're no all discussion. getting paid, 
and considering they're all getting paid, I'd be surprised if they come out and criticize it. Well, I'm not necessarily all, looking. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Mike. I, I wasn't necessarily looking for like criticism or anything like that. But you know, when when you see hear somebody talk and you can tell that they're just blowing smoke, you know, just like a realistic kind of view viewpoint. It's a good uh, question, Tony. Uh, after the fact, like when the, there was a race Saturday, there was a race Sunday. Um, Josh Rogers, well known from iRacing, uh, won one day, and Max Benicky, also well known from iRacing, won the other day. Um, very good drivers, uh, both of them. But in the interviews afterwards, there was no discussion about the software or the 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 setup or any of that. It was all just about the racing and what happened on track. They they never even just broached the topic in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and there could be reasons for that in the beginning, but um, yeah, I hope I hope this goes well. I hope it does well and keeps moving forward. It just uh, iRacing needs competition. If you ever want anything to be better, you need a counterpart out there to push you. So hopefully this uh, goes on without controversy and and stay strong. I thought it was very similar to watching a Porsche Super Cup race. Um, very similar. I mean, these guys are in competition. I mean, it, it's the same product. What about the damage model? Did you get to see any uh, any wrecks at all? Wrecks, but I didn't see like parts flying off or anything like that. No. I got a good racing. I got to find it. I'll put it in the group chat. But there was some silly video I watched on YouTube, and it had a old NASCARs in it, but the damage model and it was. Pretty dang spectacular, but uh, I'll try to find it again. Put it in our group chat, and uh, I can't think of what it, what engine it's from or what it is. It's not from any game. It's somebody somebody created. I also got the impression over the weekend that this was fixed setup racing. Like they're not running setups, or they're. I mean, because and the impression I got that from was they're all over each other. I mean, they're all running the same car, the same speeds, kind of thing. Well, they probably yeah, that's had actually, time. Sorry. Good day. They have, probably haven't had time to really develop setups within the, the game. I mean, do they have the telemetry API running? Um, you know, it's if if it's literally just been released, it just quite wouldn't quite be terribly fair at this point, especially when the software is kind of sort of still in development. So, so yeah, Mike and, did, and so, ahead, they, had, they haven't had a whole lot of time. If if it, if it was open setup stuff, I mean, they really didn't have a whole lot of time to create setups for it. Um, that was, that's what I was curious about is, is if they, it was, uh, open setups are all fixed. Well, kind of same in the same wheelhouse, we have an acquisition from, uh, overtake GG. They have grabbed a race department. Um, and it's, uh, or they've grabbed the community race department, which is a community and mod depository in, and the Germany, German media company has taken it over. So what would a news outlet want with race department? Well, port, so you got to follow the money. So Porsche, we've, we've talked about this before, and I think this ties in with the previous story because we're still wondering who is funding ESLR1 and Rensport. Where's all the money coming from? And you know how many people they put up in hotels in Poland for this event? I was guessing 50 by staff, announcing drivers uh support 50 people uh so that means catering hotels you name it and and then pay You're, they're paying them too so there's money so anyway we speculated in previous weeks that maybe porsche was the one with the money 
So now this story comes out. Now Porsche actually owns Overtake GG, okay? Um, and so they're using that that uh, company or whatever uh, to further dig into sim racing is what this looks like. And so by purchasing Race Department, which is that well-known forum for uh, modding in other sims besides iRacing, um, you know, they're just digging in deeper. And so I don't know. It's, I think it's still unknown if Porsche is behind uh, Rensport. Do you, Mike, have one of those detective case maps on the wall in your room where you have all the, the colored lines to everything? Because you're not only the podfather <laughs> now, you are an investigative journalist. It, yeah, uh, it could be. Keep uh, it going. It we it, look at the title of the article. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, right. It says literally Porsche and Overtake GG purchase sim racing community race department. And then below that, it says race department has been sold to the Porsche funded Overtake.gg. So is Porsche trying to come up with their own sim then? Is that what you're coming coming up with? Well, now don't get confused with we Overtake GG is not Traxian GG. Traxian GG is a media outlet about sim racing and racing that's put out by Motorsports Games, the one who took the IndyCar license and the Le Mans license. So I speculated before that Porsche is trying to do exactly what Motorsports Games is. They got a media outlet. They're trying to get a sim and software going, uh, you know, and so Motorsports Games has got their uh, R-Factor 2, Maybe Porsche's got Rensport. You know, it, it, it all lines up. All right. Uh, we're Oval guys. Would you enjoy running this car at the Oval, Donnie? Who knows? I do enjoy the Delara IR18 on Ovals. Um, however, in the community, in the forums, Dan Raffaro posted in the forums requesting iRacing develop an Oval setup for the IR01, uh, maybe so they can start creating their leagues. I'm opening up the form page now, but he says it's um, they're going to need a rear oval wing and the, the geometry and the suspension is asymmetrical with the current setup. And obviously they would need to retool that to get it to work on ovals. They'd have to have a, ver uh, you know, an oval version of the car, in other words. And hopefully I recently yeah, the saw that and was like, pump your brakes, buddy. We're coming back with the Delara pretty soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, here's here's the things he said that need to be changed to make this effective on ovals. Is he? You need super speedway tires. You need a super speedway aero wing configuration, a super speedway gearing option, and asymmetrical chassis suspension. And those are the things that he he, he recommends that need to be adapted to make it proper for oval racing. So, do you think wow. iRacing takes the bait and develops it, or do they got that Delara coming back? Or they could make the IR-OV another fictional car. Um, when this car first came out, I, w I guess I assumed it would work on ovals, but it's really a road-only car, um, the way it's designed. Yeah, with that symmetrical uh, suspension, um, kind of wouldn't work on the ovals too. I mean, you could drive it on the ovals, but it won't be competitive. It's a good car, but here's the point. Who, there's nobody running the car. If you go look at this lobby for IR-01, empty pretty much so is this going to help you know the you know fill those rooms and maybe it's a good idea but i don't know is it i see him make the change and nobody run it 
Well, um, there was a staffer who actually did reply to this. It was Michael Hinkle. He said, uh, thanks for sharing the request. The team is looking at this. And although I can't promise an outcome, I can assure you it's being considered. So apparently iRacing is, is looking at it and considering it. And, you know, again, to your guys' point, it could be just a matter of if they think they're going to get um, IR18 back or not. You know, they'll, they'll stop considering once they get the IR18 back. But um, and maybe maybe if they can't, maybe it'll it'll be something that they 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 wind up implementing. I guess to, I guess to clarify, um, you know, the, the IR eighteen didn't go anywhere, but the whole IndyCar debacle and yada yada that you know they can't run the IndyCar series. That's what I was referring to earlier. But but yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, have we heard any updates from iRacing about those negotiations, or is that just all kind of dead now since Nothing. it's no longer in the news cycle? Nothing dead. It's uh, is this, and is this an idea maybe to set us up to have a iRacing Indy 500, but maybe with a different car? Uh, it, I mean, or does the exclusivity allow us to not even do that? We can't call it Indy 500. You can call it the Indiana 500. You can't even you can't put Indy 500 in your profile. Well, Midwest 500, Indiana 500. They'll come up with something, but. We'll see. Time's time's a ticking. This next one we saw in our chat team, our team chat, David, three different times today. Yeah, and it made me a little bit envious. It was kind of funny. This happens all the time. Somebody will not really be paying attention to our team chat and come up with a link and be like, "Ooh, I'm going to post this." And Tom, I, I got to embarrass Tom a little bit. Tom throws it up literally five minutes after Bobby puts it up, or maybe even two minutes. I mean, Bobby had literally just posted it. Somebody replied, then Tom throws it up. But yeah, Bobby sent this, and, and he could probably send us some live shots of it as well. And I'm a little envious because all they had at the 24 was a little BMW setup with just two two rigs. But NASCAR now has a huge display with 10 rigs set up in the fan zone. Um and so I don't know if they're networked where you could run race, run simultaneous races or if everybody's just getting to run glorified testing sessions or not. But it's a pretty neat getup uh, for all the Daytona fans that are going to be in the area. Yeah, In Phoenix, for these setups, they, they ran Logitech. They ran the regular setup. And they also had the new uh, TrueForce uh, direct drive. So I'm curious. I can't really see too well without blowing it up what hardware they have here. But um yeah, it's pretty nice. Clearly a lot larger than, than Phoenix's setup was. Okay, so I blew up a picture. And uh, so these rigs are from Victory Sim, and they're not cheap, uh, Victory Sim. These are like an 80-20 profile. But what's unique about Victory Sim is he's got this really funky-looking pedal uh, tray, uh, pedestal thing where uh, it has a way to hang uh, the pedals upside down or on a, the regular plate either way. So it's like a big old contraption. And that's kind of what you know, makes his stand apart uh, from others. But uh, the other thing I see, Donnie, is it looks like it is Logitech gear. I can't tell specifically which Logitech wheel. It might be that uh, the one closest looks like a 920, but the other one, uh, the second one almost looks like the new direct drive. Yeah, it does. Uh, the like other the direct drive. Yeah, and then the PC. Wow, it is small. I mean, what kind of graphics card do they have in that small PC box? Yeah, and you can see that the pedals are not even all the same base. Uh, the pedal set on the first one is kind of got a curved 
look to it and then oh, yeah. uh, the other one's different so that's another clue that they're not the same model but yeah that pedal is definitely rem- that pedal design is what makes me think of the old logitechs and i think you're right because that second one i believe is the the new true force direct drive even the pedals look like that as well down there but those pc i don't know my buddy just built uh the same pc i have spec wise in a much smaller case than mine so obviously not that small but yeah i'm curious i want to see inside that thing what it looks like you're not fitting any 40 series in it the entire cockpit is on a flat piece of metal which also ha- is on four caster wheels and so these things are mobile uh i bet you they're going to every race uh on the nascar circuit uh they'll probably load them you know wheel them right into a semi truck or something and, and that's how they move them around yeah, i'll grab some photos in a couple weeks and see what they got usually they'll have a some kind of setup here locally as well Donnie, when you race those at um, Phoenix, is it, is it just one car on the track? You just practice, you're just doing test laps, basically? I, I let my boys do it. I didn't hop in, but yeah, pretty much you're on, on the track by yourself. So now I'm curious what Dave was mentioning earlier, because there's a lot here. If you can't get some sessions going, even locally, uh, through LAN, I don't know how that would work with them, but, but yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Maybe have like a little daytime tournament, come back at 4 o'clock if you've ran this lap i think they were doing lap times in phoenix actually they were keeping track of everybody's lap times on a chalkboard kind of thing yeah pretty cool get out to the your nascar race and uh and do some laps all right let's jump into some of the uh other series other than nascar brian we got a world of outlaws update yeah so uh we already know that uh tyler shell wound up taking the uh World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series Championship race. Well, um, he got to get the spoils of his victory this past weekend when he was at the um, Volusia Speedway, uh, where the real-life World of Outlaws Series kicked, and that's where he was there to get his um, his uh, his giant oversized check and got to spend some time at the track with the real-world drivers. It looks like he might have been in the pace truck as well. So uh, congratulations again to Tyler Shell, who uh, who won this victory and uh, really some really cool, uh, some really cool perks other than the money for, for a series like this. And um, yeah, so and they, they did the big announcement in front of the crowd, you know, uh, as him being the, the, the series championship champion and uh, really cool. Um, this is the first time because they ran this series early in this year, um, you know, through the through um, late fall. He got to do it at the series opener. Typically, it was done at the series uh, final race in the fall at Charlotte is when they typically would have done this. But they moved the series back, and now they're doing it at the at the uh, opening race at Volusia. I see he's got an iRacing hat on. Uh, I wish iRacing would uh, step their merch game up, maybe make it a little easier to get stuff like that. I like it. I like the hat. Yeah, we've talked about that, how iRacing's uh, merchandise on the website is, is subpar. All right, as I guess we're getting into the events section as well, or at least we're talking about last weekend's event, the Bathurst uh, 12-hour recap. And iRacing posted some stats from last week. Uh, on the Twitter highlight, we've, we had 8,160 8, showed up across almost 3,000 teams. Um, and in total, they completed 608,000 laps. And the question is, how did you do in the iRacing 
uh, Bathurst 12 hour. And I'll tell you later in our results section, because I actually ended up getting picked up on a team last minute. Rob Crouch uh, from Australia put out his normal uh, stats on special events on iracingreports.com. So go check that out. If you made the uh, uh, podium, you'll see your team's name there. Some really big numbers for this race. Do you think um, that, you know, with the Daytona 24 hour being so close to this one, there's some some carryover? You know, people are real excited after the Daytona and they want to keep going a little bit more. Yeah, it's the beginning of the season for sure, and everybody is trying to to keep their endurance fun going. Um, it was a little bit harder to to get on a team because almost all the guys that ran – well, I mean, I ran Daytona with y'all, and nobody on the team wanted to run Bathurst. So I ended up running with Madsen. Uh, and even on the Madsen side, they were there was a lot of people who weren't running compared to Daytona. It's so much harder. I mean, the skill level needed there to really not wreck the car is a bit higher than Daytona, in my opinion. Yeah, and if you uh, if you run the race and you get through it, you basically get all of your safety rating back because if it really if you wreck, you're done. You, well, you're done, or you're at least done for a while because you have to you have to park the car and fix it. Now, the good thing is, a, a few years ago they patched the cars where if you go ahead and take all the repairs it will straighten the wheel out and you can at least, you know, run from run if you want to continue running instead of just completely finishing the car out. Um, but yeah, it is definitely a tougher track. And this is another one of those cases where those, those hydraulic pedals that I got, it felt so much easier than ever before to get around this track. Cause I used to really struggle here. So two teams got the grand Shalem. Now, remember, the Grand Chelem is the pole position. They won the race. They had the fastest lap, and they led every single lap. And it's perfect if they have a zero incident. Now, it wasn't a perfect. They did, they did have an incident, but two teams won the Grand Chelem. Uh, one was called AVPW, the other cool blue race bus. Well done. One. Podcast housekeeping, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us. Mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out. We do appreciate it. Make sure to check out our Discord and join the conversation or check out the script at iracerslounge.com to see everything we talk about visually. We're in regular rotation at the Performance Motorsports Network and iRock TV on Roku TV. And Tony, Fantasy is back. Yes, sir. Fantasy is back. I don't even know how many uh, years we've been doing this now. It's like number four, I think. Three. Four, it sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> we, uh, boy, oh boy. I haven't been on the podcast in a while, so I'm just completely blowing it. Um, what I'm hoping not to blow this year is my uh, my my fantasy picks. Um, last year, I as well as um, I know the majority of us at Tafosi, um, we really sucked, guys. <laughs> we gotta you know pick our socks up and uh, um, you know get back in the game. Um, good news is uh, you know where I sucked on on this one. Uh, another one where I can actually win money. I I ended up winning, so that was uh, worth some change. Um, 
But this year we are currently sitting at 67 people signed up and, uh, you know, can we hit triple digits this year? Um, I know we're, we're very, very late at announcing all this, but you know what? First five races, um, you can totally, you know, uh, make a run for, um, run for the win. Um, not everybody's going to run every race. Um, definitely, uh, you know, going to have some throwaways this year, but, uh, you know what, let's talk, uh, let's talk Daytona. We got a couple of really interesting things happening in Daytona. Um, you know, you got Jimmy Johnson coming back and, you know, he's, uh, he's raced his way in and he's in the duels right now and you know, he's doing pretty good. You know, I know he's still been racing and stuff, but he's been, you know, he's brand new to this car. Um, and you also have, uh, um, oh, I can't even remember Travis. his name now. Thank you. Yes. I was going to say Nitrous Circus, <laughs> Travis Pastrana. Um, how, when was the last time he was in a NASCAR? I know he's never been in a cup car. Um, but he also raced his way in, you know, uh, do you chance it like first out of the gate? Um, maybe, you know what you just, you, you, you never know it's Daytona and it's a gamble anyways, but, uh, I don't know, Jimmy Johnson, even if he's been out and, you know, never been in this car, he, that, that guy's, uh, deadly in anything with a steering wheel. So, um, might, might be a good, uh, choice to, you know, to pick him or maybe Travis. Uh jimmy no no don't pick jj uh part-timers no so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out and and tell you how serious i am about putting some points on the board early in this i'm gonna tell you what who i picked already Kurt i got Bush. my lineup joey logano ross chastain denny hamlin austin dillon and michael mcdowell all plate hitters that are going to win this plate track give me that yeah. list again so i can avoid it I got McDowell, Mike. Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain, and Joey. I like Man. the McDowell pick. He's kind of a sleeper. He's always my fifth garage pick for plate races. Except you he's are not a sleeper at a plate track. To some people who aren't paying Mike. attention, he may be. Uh, McDowell's stepping. That guy knows what he's doing. Mike's going to put Travis Pastrana on and leave him on the rest of the season. Ooh, I'll do that <laughs> next week. So I set a, a timer, I mentioned in my, the, the group chat, but I set a, a, a calendar reminder every Friday evening, because sometimes they race on Saturdays, uh, to set my calendar so I will not miss a race this weekend. I started off super strong last season before I joined the team, and then I missed a couple weeks, and I was like, who gives a shit at this point? And then uh, I missed several weeks, and it put me down. So hopefully I don't miss anything. I keep it in my Google calendar. It reminds me it's going to tick off the wipe that I added another thing to the to the reminder list, but who cares? Well, we have a social media guy now, right? So maybe we can, uh, maybe we can bug him to, you know, put some reminder posts out, um, like on a Thursday or, or a Friday to, to get the lineup set up. So Tony, I don't know if you've figured this out, but the fantasy is new this year. It says new. And then you have to do these featured matchups and it says 10 points each. <laughs> that, that happened last year. Yeah, oh. that's not new. Um, they, they really haven't changed anything that I could tell from, uh, you know, last year to this year, the matchups, I don't really care for them. It is what it is. I mean, like they, they've always had, um, you know, a, a way to get like extra points, um, you know, trying to pick the stage winner. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, that's obviously, I don't know if like they, they've taken out the stage cautions, um, for road. So 
maybe this is the way to go. I didn't really care for it last year, but um, you know what? This is what the this is the sandbox we're allowed to play in. So we'll just uh, make do with what we got. And and why don't you tell the group why they want to run with us in fantasy? Because we're going to have some prizes here. Yes, this year finally. Now I have been trying to get this to to happen for a couple of years now. Um, this is finally the year. Um, you know, last year we were able to introduce the trophy and uh, louder racing. Uh, one that <laughs> it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty kick ass trophy. Um, so we'll obviously we'll have that back again. And um, I've got a couple of things up my sleeve. I'm still waiting for those to kind of uh, for some of those chips to settle. Um, but the the definitely what I can announce is we are going to be doing a couple of giveaways, iRacing credits. Um, and these are just going to be random draws um, at certain points throughout the season. And they will be announced soon. They will be a little further in. Uh, you know, we want to get people in, get them going. And, you know, you got to be participating, uh, you know, to have your chance to, to win some iRacing credit. So that's, uh, that's going to be, you know, new this year. We're going to have two $25 iRacing credit uh, random giveaways uh, for two different races. And, uh, you know what, stay tuned and we'll let you know which races those are going to be. So I asked earlier, we are not eligible to win the prizes, correct? <laughs> to folks no. racing the podcast guys definitely not okay well, no, but you can come on no, for no, bragging no. rights i mean what bragging rights are almost then? worth do we get to win the trophy well the trophy you earn so i would think you should be able to yeah right? if you if you win the overall you still get the trophy all right um, sounds if, good but if you you're not going to win the 25 bucks cash <laughs> all right so now at the end does louder send me the trophy or are we going to make a new one no, we'll get a new. Louder keeps his trophy trophy forever. So, uh, congratulations to him. No, well, everyone gets their own trophy. So, the winner. And does. If any, if last year was any indication, we don't have to. Anybody on Tefosi has nothing to worry about as far as the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were all pretty terrible, but you know what? We got that out of the way. Um, let, let's uh, let's give everyone a, a you know a, a run for the money. Um, we gotta see what happens, right? I guess uh, Daytona is not really a good way to uh, say, but um, next next week is uh, Auto Club, and yeah, we'll we'll start there. We'll start there. So to get involved, if you're not already, get the NASCAR app on your phone, and get to Fantasy and search iRacers Lounge. Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit eMetroFord.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Okay, this segment is sponsored by Metro Ford. It is the hardware and software section. And I have a confession. This show is not really being done by the Tifosi guys. 
This is all being produced and written and spoken by AI. What? Not really, but that is the first hardware topic. Um, and it's, uh, y'all pop this up and it's, it's pretty amazing, but it's kind of where AI is getting right with chat GTP. These, these are called, um, large language models, I believe is what they're called. And this is kind of working in the same way. Uh, it's AI commentating and pit lane sim racing has posted a video on TikTok with some AI generated commentary. Yeah, I think it's incredible. Um, I don't know how well it would work with us racing with the lobby. We're having people, we're chatting with people, chatting with teammates, listening to the iRacing chat. Uh, I think this would be spectacular for AI, um, but maybe it could work um, online in a, an official session. What do you guys think? Well, it could be used for, for official sessions. If you muted the chat, you could use it as a way to automatically broadcast a split or for a league if you didn't want to hire live commentators. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious on how good it is, because when you play the video games from before 10, 20 years ago, you kind of get repetitive tracks because you can only record them for so much. But I'm really curious on how in-depth this will go and how unrepeatable it will be throughout an entire event. Yeah, if you listen to the uh, if you listen to Dave Moody uh, talk about his career coming up, one of the things that Ken Squire taught him is that you basically have to come up with about 20 to 30 different ways to say the same thing on everything you do. And, and they're really good at that and make it really entertaining. And that's why I pretty much listen to the radio instead of watching TV broadcasts. Um, you need a huge amount of variety in how you uh, announce a race. It's ironic because we get Mike Joy's voice, unfortunately, for, for this AI. But anywhere in these uh, articles and videos, do they say that you can change uh, the voice? No. Oh. I don't think this is a real product yet. I think that this video, so this all started from a video that a guy put out and then uh, simracingunlimited.com picked it up and that's kind of how I found it. And then I saw another guy on TikTok talking about it and it, it's a concept video, I think more than anything. Like this is possible now with the way, you know, AI is. And I almost got the impression that this video is just kind of put together to show what's pop, like what it could be like. I don't think it's a real thing. All right. That makes sense. So I thought that's now, way too damn good. Now, part of it, part of the reason I know that too, is the author of the video is a guy named Austin Ognowski. And if you've been on the podcast a long time, you might have remembered that name from the past. Long ago, uh, we covered his stuff because he was an iRacing hater, and uh, he got permanently banned from iRacing at some point. Um, and he had put out a lot of uh, inflammatory material uh, against iRacing, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago or something. Um, and so that I recognized the name right off the bat um, when I saw the guy. Um, but he's the one who put together this video. So I think he works for a software company. Um, he might be involved with other uh, sim racing titles. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely not involved with iRacing. Well, here's here's what I can tell you. The uh, the AI is is sounding really confident now, but it's still – doesn't understand what it's saying. It's just working itself off of, um, of language models. So it's just literally seeing words that go together through, through 
thousands and thousands and thousands of texts on the internet and using that to calculate the odds of what the best answer would be, but it still doesn't understand what a car is. Um, so that's going to make that, that, that's where the state of AI is right now. So this, something like this happening for real in software, it's got to still be years out. Such a neat idea though. Uh, imagine you're a league uh, owner and you're trying to figure out broadcasting. It's like the worst thing to do as a league owner. You got to, okay, how am I going to pay for it? Oh, I got to ask the drivers for money every week. Oh, we got to pay, you know, find somebody to do it. We got to have announcers. What if you could just uh, flip a button in iRacing and have automatic announcers and you could just, you know, stream to Twitch, uh, you know, a camera package that's automatic with automatic announcers. And guess what? We have a broadcast for our league and you guys don't have to pay. Yeah, I think I'm done doubting the history and the future of technology because ah, I'm sure it's going to happen. And there's some nuances that it doesn't pick up on. Like um, they mispronounce uh, Boyer's last name. They they pronounce it Boyer. Um, and it was just one of those things where it's probably reading the text and, and doesn't pick up the nuances of, of things like that. So it's still really cool. And, and I love watching this video of it. It's it's it. It, it, if anything, it gives you some um, some insight as to what's possible in the future, and, and it looks really bright when something like this comes along. Take it with a grain of salt, though. This video, um, I'm sure that it could have been just some some fancy editing to make it look, you know. Even the title says um, something like it's a demonstration, demonstration of concept is what he calls it. That's true, but you know, AI is already coming a long way, and it's becoming more commercialized. Where, you know, like they can they can tell stories, you know, completely AI generated stories, and uh, and comics and things like that. It's so it's it's definitely an uh, an emerging uh, field, and and rem- has a lot of possibilities. It reminds me of a, a Facebook uh, post I think somebody put up in the last couple of weeks where. They had Chat GPT write a song about sim racing, or or maybe it was a poem. It was either a song or a poem about I about sim racing, and it was actually impressive. You know, they had they had you know terms and and language, like you said, words and sentences that make sense. And we're talking about sim racing, and it all kind of flew to get uh, flowed together. It was impressive. Yeah, but I can't remember the exact the 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 actual instance, but I, I recently heard on, uh, I think it was probably science podcast, which is one of the ones I listen to on the, on the kind of nerdy side that it's already been caught giving completely wrong answers quite a few times too. Cause it, it, it doesn't like, it's, it doesn't know what it's talking about. It's just really good at being confident in what it's talking about. It only knows what it's been told, right? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't really basically know anything. It just right. see correlations between words that appear together, and that's basically all it's doing. Right. You hear this word with this word, then you say that word with that word. But let's move from future or technologies to current benchmarks on technologies. Donnie, we've got a video talking about the AMD benchmarks on iRacing. All right. So coincidentally, I have this video saved in my personal YouTube to watch at a later date. I have not get, gotten to 
watched this yet, but listener Craig Ream, interesting bench test on this particular chip, considering not many are dedicated to iRacing only. And the chip he's referring to is the, the AMD 5800 X3D, and he's saying it beat the 5800X and the 3900X. And the reason I'm curious about this, and I um, hopefully one of us have watched it, maybe tell me about it, but uh, I bought the 5900X recently, and I'm just curious uh, if, if you guys have watched this and what he said. I did. Um, he basically said the X3D is the one to get um, if you're going to buy of, of these three. But if you already have the 5800X, you wouldn't want to go to the X3D. I think that's what he said. All right. Well, I bought the, the 59, threw it in, and I had to, to message Bobby, not immediately, but pretty quickly, and then my, my in-town buddy, who's also a computer guy. But it runs hot, and it runs, it maxes out its, its CPU clock over what it's stated for. Uh, it's the 5900X on what it's stated for, recommended uh, boost clock. And I go through all the forums, check it out, and I guess it's um, the third generation of the AMD chips. And I guess what Bobby's saying is most all of the newer chips, even Intel, are running that way. They're trying to maximize as much of the voltage as they can. Um, so it's kind of crazy. So I went from the 3700X to the 59, and it's it's quite a bit louder. The, the fan has to go. So I bought a, a water cooler that I'll put in here pretty soon, but yeah, I'm just curious. I don't know anything about the performance. I mean, it looks, it's fine. It runs fine, but I was curious about this video. I have to give it a watch. So here's an example of the performance differences I found in the video here. Uh, he, he does a comparison uh, running the uh, Ferrari GT3 at Spa, uh, 30 AI, three laps, um, and he has a 3070 Ti. Um, and so basically, he said the X3D card, uh, as far as frames per second, 174 at the start, uh, while the 5800X card only did 103. So he got quite a few more frames per second, about 70 more uh, over the other cards. So the the X3D card is performing quite a bit better, actually. You know, I've, I haven't uncapped. So I have my, my FPS capped at 85. And it pegs at 85, doesn't move. I should turn it off just to see what it gets to. Because now I'm curious, because I just found that stat you're, you're reading. And uh, that, yeah, the X3D performs significantly better than, than the other two chips. It does, yeah. So this is a pretty neat video by Daniel Winter Racing um, that our listeners sent in. So check it out if you're looking at chips. Yeah, and it's rare that you see one of these benchmark videos that is on iRacing you know it's typically other other video games that are real popular but um, this one's strictly iRacing which is really cool and a little bit different than you see on some of the other videos so that 48 gigs of ram he's running is that just two 24 stick 24 gig sticks and on the motherboard and right i'm thinking you would do 8 16 32 for i don't know they made them in 24 i'm an idiot and i don't really know but but now, maybe you guys know this, if you want to run four sticks, they all have to be the same stick, right? Or one counts out the other? You definitely don't want the same RAM. You don't want to mix RAM. I've heard that. Especially if they have different clock speeds. Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking of. But the 48 gigs kind of is an odd number. You don't really see that too often. No, it's usually 16, 32, 64, 
128, right? Right. Interesting, but I'm an SSD card away from having a second build, so I think that the story coming down that I saw, somebody had a room with two setups. I liked it. I've actually got a whole set of extra memory that I need to get rid of because I didn't realize they were coming in sets of two instead of ones. So I have I have four extra sticks that, that I don't need. I've just been lazy about getting rid of it. All right, next up, we have a Sim Cave review from Gaming Guilds. Mike? Yeah, it's just a, a really nice look. And you know I'm all bit, real big on look. But, uh, uh, you know, a room, he's got like a purple glow going as far as lighting, uh, soft purple pastel, um, hardwood floors. He's got a gaming desk with a, a real nice gaming computer and monitor, widescreen monitor for like regular games on one side. On the other side, he's got his, his racing uh, rig with his triples and motion and the whole nine yards. In the middle, uh, really nice display cases for the steering wheels that are lit and the steering wheels sit down in the case to showcase them neon on the wall i mean it's a really nice look yeah i like it and so with the set the second computer build i just finished i have all the parts to just reassemble my old computer and make it this but you'll probably not like it mike i i opted for no rgb at all for this second build i have because it faces away i can't see it anyway but uh, so it's all black and dark inside my case but uh so it won't look as fancy as this but i've ever since we saw the tony canon setup from a few months ago. I thought that's a nice, I mean, granted he has a lot of money, but I just uh, thought different stations would be nice. An oval uh, rig and then a road rig. Yeah, I like it. Or I, I want a GT rig setup and then a formula setup, you know, where the seating position is different. I can see falling asleep in a formula rig. You know, you're you're waiting for that lobby to open up or, or what you're doing and you're just comfortable. Maybe your fan's off, so it's a little warm in the room. And you just kind of nod off. You don't even make the session. Well, I did. Anyway. Uh, I, I at Sebring one time drifted off and popped the inside wall. Yeah, I can see a formula being comfortable. Next up, instead of an article, we have a YouTube video posted by Traxion GG, and it's basically a price guide for all the direct drive wheels. It's got chapters. You can see it. It shows Fanatec, Moza, Aztec, uh, Logitech, Thrustmaster, Sim Magic. It looks like all of them. VRS, Camus, Leo Bodner, Simucube, and then it has an outro, I guess, which is kind of a summary. So I had deja vu on this video. So did I. You know why? Because I think that the other G Overtake GG did the same video a few, like a month ago, and now we have Traxi and GG. Remember, these are separate media companies. We don't really, you know, one's by Porsche, one's by Motorsports Games, and, and are trying to emulate each other, I think. But literally, they're emulating each other with this uh, video. We had the, the same video like a month ago, I think it was, maybe six weeks ago, by memory. I don't know. But they literally went over the same stuff. It's, I don't even know. Maybe it even is the same video, but even though they're separate companies, I don't know. But it sure seems to be the same. What a pretty good inclusive guide of uh, most of the wheels out there, I think. So if you're in the market, it's not a bad idea to look at something like this just so you can, oh, yeah, I remember uh, each and every brand because there's so many of them. 
All right, Brian, what do we have here next? It's a 3D config tool. Is this basically design your own wheel? It's kind of like that. This comes from um, the guy at Gomez uh, Sim Industries, and it's a configuration tool that lets you program um, the LED screen, the LED lights and everything um, on your wheel, you know, by by each individual button. Um, it's really, really cool. And, you know, Gomez makes some of the better better uh, formula wheels out there and this just gives another uh, another level to what what they offer it's really really cool to see and you should really check the videos video out it's um it's something they posted on uh looks like a, it's an instagram or, or or twitter i think it's instagram it's an instagram and their post was it's ready to rock build your custom gsi uh today so essentially you can change um a showing you that you can change the color of each button layout and figure whatever button you want. You can have a multi rainbow, whatever. And I think you can actually label it yourself too, uh, through the tool. And I think uh, that has to be done at purchase time. I'm assuming that way they can make the wheel for you and ship it out. So I might be pulling the trigger on a Gomez wheel, not the one with the screen though. I don't know if I need a screen still debating on it, but maybe this weekend, um, don't know yet. Still, still deciding, but I think I'm going to, but now with this thing out, I'm going to check to see if I can customize it to my liking, I guess. I was, ooh, don't they have a SimuCube specific wheel at Gomez? Yeah, but it's uh, the, um, it has the screen and it's, yeah, I, I don't know if I want it. Even though the wheel rim itself is exactly what I want. Um, I don't want the $1,600 price tag and I don't want the screen. So now if they had one without it, um, most likely go for it. But then... The whole lore of the SimiCube portion of it is you got to have the orange um, features to it as well. The one and it, you know that wheel when you buy that particular one, it comes with the SimiCube uh, quick release already on it. It makes me wonder if you configure your own. Can you? Uh, can they? You know, add that to it as part of the package or what? You would you have to get your own? You know, uh, SimiCube quick release to go with it um yeah because it doesn't come with a quick release so you're gonna have to either buy a gomez quick release or SimiCube. but if you have the SimiCube, obviously you have to get that one but luckily i bought i have three so i have one ready to go for whatever wheel i decide to get so one question as i looked at this video that kind of came to me was is it just for configuring the the color of the leds and is that permanent? Like you can't change it after you get the wheel or is it more to configure the, the coloring of the labels? Because that, that's the big difference with the Gomez wheels is you have the, the Tony Kanaan has all the green and yellow labels, you know? Yeah. I think it's more of the labels and the actual text you put on, on the labels on that the label. get permanently affixed to the wheel itself. Okay. I don't know if you watch the video, I've watched it a couple of times here. It shows that you can change like the little icons on the button. It'll go from a check mark to a gas can if you want to change that button to 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 something else in this. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's pretty crazy. That's amazing because that's, that's not fun. just changing the background L's, the the LCD LED colors. It's actually changing the the icons that are on the buttons themselves. That's a game changer right there. Yeah, you're essentially that, designing that your own will. That, yeah, that means Tony Groves is not cutting his fingers off trying to peel stickers with the X-Acto knife, you know? That Hyper P1 is so beautiful. It's the first wheel you see when you go to their site. Ah, I shouldn't look at it anymore. So, Brian, I almost guess that the tool is 
it, it works in a way where you can change the icon to be what you want. But at the end of the day, when you get yeah. your wheel, like it's that icon's permanent on that button. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a little different. It's a sticker so this at the is end just... of the day they put over the LED. Okay. So this is a configuration before you purchase it, I guess. Right. Yes. Right. Okay, cool. Cause, but cause like it I was saying, it doesn't look like that in the video. It makes it looks like you can change it just through the, through the, um, through an app, but it's, it, you're just building it to your, to your, well, I don't know. Specs. I mean, I think, I think there's still some question there about how it works because like I said, they do show where they change the color of an led in the video, which is something that like my cube controls does with the software. I can go in and change colors yeah. and do this and that. that. And that's not, not, that's not any kind of new tech, you know, that's, right. that's been something they could do for a while. So I clicked under the custom option, and it's an extra two hundred dollars to customize Ooh. it. Holy moly! Okay, how much was the wheel originally? All right, so the one I was clicking on is the one without a screen, and if you get the four paddles, it's a thousand sixty-two. If you click under the customize option, it's twelve thirty-seven. Okay, Mike, we're kind of dealing with that eight-dollar track situation almost again with the way you're reacting to the customization, <laughs> man. Twenty well, percent more, a little 20%. less than two hundred. Yeah, but it's for a special feature. So I mean, and your your will was more than that altogether. Now, do they put the stickers on the buttons for you? That's the other question because they didn't with cube controls. It was quite a task to to get those little tiny stickers on the right and not have them twisted and folded and. Even with that super sexy hyper P one, it's even less than to customize it than the other wheel I was looking at. So. Oh my gosh, get away. Stop looking at it. This is where we spend your money, Donnie. <laughs> All right. Speaking of spending money, well, not really spending money. We have heard a lot of um, issues with supply chain. This one's not really supply chain as much as supply quality. And it's a shipping update from Assetec. They have essentially halted production on a component for their quick release for pre-orders because they got a shipment that is out of spec and it forced them to halt all the shipments of their pre-orders and they're implementing solution in resuming the shipments. They say it's not a safety issue and it's nothing major, but they just don't, they want to hold it to high standards and not ship out a faulty product. So they're not going to ship them out with, with the product that does not go to their specs. Now this company came out seemingly out of nowhere that I remember and they hit the ground running with like, both feet, all their arms, and they just ran out of the gate with all the product possible. So I don't know if that was a part of it um, instead of releasing slowly like maybe Moza did, but but uh, good for them for putting out an update, letting people know that uh, they're not going to let crap just go out there just to, just to sell it to people. Well, bases have hit all the reviewers in the last couple weeks. Um, we've been seeing a lot of reviews for um, to Asetek bases, but I haven't really seen them out in the wild yet, like actual customers with them. Dave Cam, I think, is getting one. I thought he posted a video of it already. He posted a video yeah, of something. Well, he's getting a, he's he's like one of those reviewers. He's getting it for review, or he gets it earlier than customers get it. I like this next one. It's pretty interesting. We've got a custom button box for the AOLogs shifter, and that's essentially what it is. It's a, it's, you build a button box around the shifter. And, uh, so it's, a another good place to locate some buttons. Oh my God. When I saw this, take my money. 
I mean, it is pretty freaking cool. I don't own that shifter, but I would almost. I own the I shifter. Know. I, I I like there the you go. I like the setup. It's so it's awesome. So this is the Russian shifter. This is the Russian shifter, and this guy has built a custom button box around the shifter, like on three sides of it, and to make it a bigger footprint. And it's nice. It's got you know some twist knobs. It's got some push buttons. It's got a, a on-off switch kind of thing. Um, if you read the Reddit post, he, he actually describes how he built it. He used an Arduino board. He 3D printed a box. Um, he did be built it from scratch, basically, which you know begged me and others in the Reddit chat, please, please sell me this. Build it and sell it. I don't want to buy it. I suck at building stuff. I don't have a 3D printer. Uh, man, if, if there's a listener out here that can build this, I will buy this uh, because I've been I wanting more buttons and I've been looking for the perfect solution. And this is it. I, I mean, because I don't really have a good spot for more buttons. And if I was able to just move my mouse back a little bit, I could use this and it would be perfect. And so please, somebody take my money. Yeah, I think in general, the um, shifters are uh, a spot where you can add stuff, add some extra buttons, and and it was uh, it would, wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, I remember my old Logitech G twenty seven had a set of buttons on the little shifter, man, and they were they were great to use. So um, I think this is a under underutilized space for for um, for extra buttons that could be done pretty easily by just any manufacturer who does shifters pretty much love it yeah more the guy, who built it, it, the, the guy who built it he, he already said in the reddit sorry i'm not going to build it again for sale but he gave all the information like he gave the uh file for the 3d print for the box he gave a parts list everything so um this would be a neat project you know buy you the russian shifter and if you're, a, you know, a 3D printer and, and you want to be handy, this would be a pretty cool build. You know, the hardest, but I've been told it's not the hardest, is to code the Adreno. So if you could at least do that, like pay him to, to code the Adreno for you, the other stuff's not terrible to do. He talks about how to do it and stuff in the Reddit. So if you're interested, check it out. I definitely have saved this in my inbox, and I'm going to sit on it and uh, figure out a way to to finagle somebody to build it for me. <laughs> yeah. All those buttons and dials you can get on Amazon. Obviously the print, you'll have to print, but in the Adreno board, Amazon, you just got to get it coded. All right, next up, this kind of reminds me of something I had back in the past. We have a Logitech G racing adapter, and it's something that they've released that enables compatibility between the G29, 920, 923, and the Pro Racing Wheels. Plus, it's pro racing pedals and drive force shifters. So I guess this just gives you an option to mix and match some older and newer equipment. When I um, upgraded, off, I think, to, to the direct drive, I kept for a while my old Logitech shifter and actually had an adapter that allowed me to plug it into the computer because I, I ran that one because it had the buttons on it for that very reason until it just completely died. It's an odd-looking adapter. That's true. I mean, what's with the big knob on the top? I don't understand. It goes from zero to a hundred. Best guess is something along the lines of sensitivity for pedals or wheel. And it's got a like a serial port on one 
uh, on it, you know, to plug like a serial cable in. It looks like it's also got a USB and then it has a cord coming out. And it retails for $39.99 and it's available at Logitech's website. So if you need to mix and match your old and new Logitech, you're going to need to get this. All right, before we move on, thanks again to Metro Ford for supporting the hardware and software section. That's right. We're happy for Metro Ford. They're going to be with us the whole NASCAR season for the hardware software section. You know, thanks to everybody over at Metro Ford Chicago for helping us out. jump to results and i can't believe you know we're we're at the point where we're talking about it but it's the daytona 500 so let's start with that uh steven lou allen he wrecked out greg hectus p6 greg led the most laps um i'm not sure exactly how uh, uh if i re oh yeah i remember he put up a video he basically uh, got wrecked on the final lap. Uh, he was in play. It looked like he had a run for the win on the outside. He had a guy behind him, uh, but a, another guy came up to kind of block and uh, yeah, they wrecked. So if he didn't get blocked, I think Greg was gonna win actually. Uh, Joe Owen, he got wrecked out um, at some point. I don't know when. Uh, David, how, uh, tell us about your race. All right, before I do know that Joe said he came in, he ultimately came in 23rd in that race, no other details, um, but he has a report for Thursday that he was more happy with. All right, I had a really good race until the end, and with that, the end was pretty absurd. Um, basically, we finally got to a green flag stop, and a guy spins coming on off, on, he spins in the apron in turn three coming out of the pits, or no, turn two and comes knocks another guy right up into the track and sandwiches me into the wall for a meatball with only 22 laps to go um uh, stayed clean in in the front for almost the whole race especially for the first half of the race didn't really get to the front front but was always right there in the top five top ten once cody was able to catch up with me from mad sim we basically were able to take the lead and led pretty much a start a, a solid chunk of the second half if we got to the outside line one and two and had had a good supporting third. The inside line just could not get, couldn't get to us. Um, but then after green flag stops, I was a little slow getting onto pit road. I know I, I know I was too conservative entering because another car that was about s at least five cars behind me blasted by me as I was on the brakes. So I, I'm going to have to practice driving in a little deeper. So I didn't catch the main pack coming out, but literally the next lap that was when I got taken out. So. I, I was in position to do well, but you still got to get lucky and stay away from the idiots. You know, uh, you getting wrecked. I mean, it's all this circus music stuff going on on the apron. And then you're just flying along on the outside up along the wall. And, and it looks like you're going to miss it. But no, he comes right up where right where you're going to be. Yeah, and it definitely puts you right into the uh, into the place it, it was he hit the toe both toe links he hit my left toe link and my right toe link goes into the wall and that's that gives you the meatball you're done and it also did yeah i brought out a caution um and but yeah it just finishes you off uh i can't it's frustrating but at the same time that's it felt good to be in position you just still gotta get the luck at the end 
Do you guys have any incidents that should have been cautions but weren't thrown? Well, if if they if they go off the racing surface, it's not going to get thrown. So if they get if somebody gets spun down into the infield, uh, either off of turn two or off of turn four, if they're not stopped on the track, it's not coming out. Okay, that makes sense. So, it feels like it should be a caution a lot of times because you see a bunch of cars wreck it. Well, I, I guess I asked that because Arca breaks, right? You kind of learn with these restrictor plates that it might not be a caution, so you don't want to lose that momentum. So you keep kind of the throttle in and hope right. you're not going to run in because you don't want it because the guy behind you is not stopping. So you want to avoid getting rear-ended as well. Well, I think part of it too, Donnie, is you want to get past it, you know, before they come up the track or something. All right, Palm. Uh, by the way, Greg Heck this had the pole as well. Well, well deserved. Tom Dryling also got the pole. Tom P5. He led 62 laps, including the white flag. His pusher, unfortunately, started blinking on the last lap, so he lost all momentum. P5. And Tyler Williamson, P25, started from the back and ran well until a wreck under green uh, pits as a car uh, under green pits as a car wrecked on pit out in turn one. Got snagged a lap down during the cycle and was able to get the lucky dog by staying with the lead pack. Uh, set was great and the car felt good. Received a meatball dinner on lap 140 from an over aggressive pushing and the full throttle cars blasting through the wreck. Finished but with 9x. All right, my race, man, I got, before the race, guys, I was cocky, I was confident, I was fired up, I was yelling and strutting around, and I was in a good mood. I, I really felt like I, I, I had that, that mojo going, you know, the mojo to get it. And guess what? I ran most of the night with that mojo. I was top three, I was top five most of the night. I even led a few laps. Never really wanted to lead. I was trying to always save fuel and make sure we get to that last window. Anyway, um, at some point I got shuffled and hip checked with about 30 to go. And I fell back to around 12th or 13th and I lost the track. Like I had never been back farther than eighth all night. And so at this point I was 12th or 13th. I had trouble getting back up there um, after the hip check. Uh, eventually I got wrecked on the white and had to limp it across P7, ugh. Percy open, Joe Owen, uh, David. How did how did he run? Do you know? If you'll just sit tight and let the let the editor take out the silence, I'll scroll back up. Peace. No, that was you. That's P seven. Here it is. P eleven. Yeah. He said started outside pole. I got wrecked by net code. They need to fix that bleep. I need 44 laps. I led 44 laps and stayed up front until that crap happened. I'll take P11 on my run. I finished 29th last night, so win-win for me. So who else is running? I'm gonna run uh, tomorrow night. I'll be there tomorrow night. Maybe Sunday night. And we'll try to get it. Moving on to Bathurst. David, P21. Yep, I uh, got signed on with a couple of, I think I was actually three guys on a, on one of the Mad Sim teams. They have a large community and a lot of teams that, that throw together on the on the sports racing side. And they had a guy back out at the last minute. So Friday night, I ran like one VRS race just to, to uh, well, I practiced for about 30 minutes and then ran a VRS race because always race is always better practice. And then I hopped on with them. Um, I wasn't on the schedule for them to run till about halfway into the stint. And by the time I hopped on, they had already been in the pits twice from 
from Rex with other guys hopped on. I was one of the, I was definitely the, uh, one of the more consistent drivers. I didn't have the best lap, but I didn't get a clean car. Uh, but I kept it clean. Um, and I felt proud to just get around Bat- Bathurst for three hours and not screw up. The P21 was a result. Uh, I know when I hopped on, we were all the way down in like 33rd around with six hours to go. And there were just that many other cars that wrecked out that we worked our way back up to the 21st. All right. A opened, uh, David, it's early in the season. So you got some people to run A open with you on Monday. Uh, so I'll start, I got a P10. It was lots of big wrecks. I was able to miss, uh, ran about fifth to 10th most of the time, and I was as high as second. But I finally got involved in the big one with about 25 to go, seven minutes damage. I was actually able to stay on the lead lap and got in another big wreck, ended up with 12 minutes damage, but still able to stay on the lead lap and bring it home P10 with 12 minutes optional damage. That, think about that, P10, and with that much damage, that tells you how much of a wreck fest that was. David, P7. Yeah, I ran several. Uh, uh, one, I know I got shuffled really back and just had a kind of a disappointing finish because the outside line had a leader who couldn't lead and it just never could get back up. And once that happens, there's nowhere you can go. Uh, P7 was my best finish in the A Opens, but it was really, you know, mainly there for uh, working out the the uh just building experience and deciding which set you want to go with and uh so that's i basically consider the a opens practice so if i get to run the whole race it's 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 good because it's getting me ready for nis Donnie, you got a p16 yeah and uh i'll be doing that a lot this season david i actually enjoyed it uh my result isn't uh how i ran i ran it front most of the race i qualified uh fourth i believe um, we had a caution early on and some of the, the cars around us, they pitted. I want to say it was within five laps. So I thought, ah, it's not time, but we had this one guy on track that couldn't not drive a, a straight line to save his life. He was getting called out several times to just go park it. He ended up causing a, an incident that a caution to come out for. And I, I think it's more to David's point from earlier. Cars just kind of scattered all over the place. Nobody really wrecked, nobody really stopped, but it broke us all into several little groups. And the group I got put with, they were on a different pit cycle than I was. So I ended up pitting by myself with one other car. That's not by myself, but with one other car. But we ran 67 green flag laps. We were never able to catch back up. We never got lapped, but uh, it just was what it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, the car, I think I left with the Zero X from, I think I only have 4X throughout the whole week, which has been uh, abnormal for Daytona. But um, no, I felt comfortable with the setup, uh, both qualifying and, and race trim last night as well. Right, Tony Rochette, P9. First been in the cup car since Phoenix, started on the pole. Halfway was tagged and erect, uh, caving in the right front, was still fast in the pack, but just couldn't be out front. Good practice for Friday night. All right, and then Donnie, you did C open, B open. Yeah, Q2, or qualified second for the trucks. Uh, ran, uh, I ran great, the truck was great. It kind of brought back some memories, even though I've only been doing this a couple years, but the truck was just awesome, awesome to drive. Um, I led a few laps, caught up in a wreck about a third way through, gave me about a minute and a half of optional damage. I lost a draft on the restart, fell a lap down, race went green the final 30 laps. Another clean race for the most part. That was where my 4X comes. Uh, My B open race, I qualified fourth, finished P2, ran up front all race long, led laps. I put it under green with 25 to go, 
with only one other car. That's something I have to work on is pitting with actual cars, not just one guy. But he took four. So I came out on, on my own. That's what kind of screwed me there. Um, but we were able to catch back up, eventually finishing second. All right. Uh, I ran hosted Chris McGuire. Uh, supercars at Michigan started 12th, finished P2. I actually almost won that one. Uh, 87s at Talladega came from 25th up to lead the pack, but I got wrecked right at the end. Then it was Gen 5 at Talladega, started 23rd and got wrecked out. This is my favorite combination on the service, probably. Oh man, 245 into the corner is, is super fast. I love this car. And then this was a neat combo, the Beetle Light at Lanier Dirt. We start, it, it's almost like a demo derby, but it, you know, it's still a race, but damage is off. Um, anyway, I started 35th, got to the lead by lap 26, but then, you know, got dumped or wrecked or whatever you want to call it. And I ended up finishing P3, but uh, that was a blast. Uh, next was the Riley Daytona prototype at Talladega. I actually led a bunch of laps. I was in position to win at the end, but I got hit and uh, got a P5. And then finally, 87s at Talladega got wrecked out. All right, and with that, final thoughts, Brian McCubbin. All right, guys, so yeah, so uh, my Daytona is going to be all this weekend. I'm going to be running uh, Sunday morning, OBRL Sunday night. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting my season started this weekend. Um, other than that, um, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm, it's going to be all day turn of Sunday. All right, let's get it. David Hall, final thoughts. Uh, you know me, I'll be racing like crazy. Uh, probably done with the A opens, so I'll, I'll use the rest of the extra time there to sneak in some road races, but I'm definitely running Friday night and Sunday. And hopefully we'll get lucky on one of them. I, I know I can get in the position. I just just got to have the dice roll the right way, too. All right, very good. Donnie Spiker, final thoughts. Yeah, not much. Uh, this week's been great so far. Um, I'm running Friday night for sure. Um, Sunday's a 75% possibility. Um, it all depends. Um, I think I got over my hesitancy. Greg used an awesome word the other day when he was talking about running with uh, the, the plate races, but I used to, whenever I saw everything get a little wild, I would just back off and go to the back and that never worked. So this week I really focused on staying in the first two rows and avoiding any kind of carnage. And you kind of have to have a little bit of confidence for that. You have to be able to want to make that move when you have to. And I'm slowly learning that. So, uh, plate racing is becoming enjoyable. Uh, I guess until it's not, but just don't do the arc of cars, but on that note, good. I'm excited for tomorrow. Sometimes you need that different perspective to do well at a restrictor plate. Um, I remember when I was, I think it was last Daytona 500, maybe I was spotting Tyler Williamson and um, it made a huge difference when I jumped in and spotted for him because he was very timid. He would do exactly what you said. He would back out of anything that looked questionable at all. And I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. Stay in the gas, stay in the gas, stay in the gas you know, and that kind of thing. And, and he, and he did what I said and he trusted that. And, and he, he picked up a whole different uh, perspective of how to run that race. I think by, uh, you know, me say, telling him to do it differently. All right. Uh, my final thoughts, man, I want to win the Daytona 500. I actually went back and looked at um, all the different uh, results I've had in this race over the years and I've actually only won it once, the 2020 Daytona 500. 
you think, you know, the way I talk, I've won it a million times, but I've won the Daytona July race a bunch of times, like seven. I won Talladega like nine or something. Uh, so I have a lot of restricted plate wins, but that February Daytona race, only one. So uh, another couple starts for me, I'm hoping to get uh, my second Daytona 500. I have the confidence, that's, that's for sure. We have the set, I have the team. I need the luck. I need the, I need to not get hip checked with 30 to go. I mean, I was in position to win that race last night. Um, but, but everything has to come together. And, and that's why, uh, you know, these things are hard and, and, and to win these things is difficult. If it wasn't, people wouldn't do it. Um, and so that's, so when you do win, it's just that much sweeter. I guess I'm rambling, so I'll let it go with that. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.